Welcome to the Active Growth Podcast. This is the second episode of our Forget Traffic series. So in this series, we're talking about why, as an entrepreneur and as a website owner, you should stop focusing so much on getting more traffic. And we're going to show you what to focus on and what to do instead. In the first episode in this series, we talked a lot about where this kind of unhealthy obsession with traffic comes from. And in today's episode, it's all about a practical alternative that you can start putting into place right away. So here you will get step-by-step instructions for what you can do to get your first paying customer before you ever worry about getting more traffic. The strategy you'll discover here is excellently suited for all kinds of digital products, especially if you sell information products such as online courses or memberships, or if you sell a book or something like that. Any kind of product like that, but also any digital product is really, really suitable to start like that, where you can build a customer base before you even finish your product. The method we're talking about is also so simple and so practical that kind of just to prove that I could, I did this myself. So during the week between the two podcast recordings, I did this myself and I got a few potential customers with very, very little work. And we'll show you a bit of insight into how that happened as well. You can go to activegrowth.com forward slash two to get all the show notes for this episode, including links to all of the resources and tools that we mentioned. So that is activegrowth.com forward slash two. We've also put together a checklist that you can download that will help you as a reference guide for the method we talk about. We'll just give you all the steps you need, everything you need to put in place, and it's really not that much, so it's a short checklist, everything you need to follow this exact method. So that is activegrowth.com forward slash two. And with that, let's launch into the episode. Hello and welcome to this episode. I'm Shane Melach. And I'm Hanna Verwerk. And welcome to the Active Growth Podcast. So today we're going to talk about how to actually apply this customer first approach. So we talked a lot about why you should get customers first and why you should have a customer first business essentially instead of focusing on on getting traffic first and as we promised we want the active growth podcast to be practical we want this to be practical and actionable so i'm going to introduce and we're going to talk about a method you can use to get your first customer or your first customers plural we'll call this the free trial coaching method and let me say right away i actually did this that's what i mean by this is very practical and actionable right we're not talking about theory here I did this once a few years ago to actually launch one of my products, but I also did it just last week. I I did this, I went through this process last week just to prove that it's possible and to prove that it's something, you know, you can do. It didn't take me a lot of time. And I'll also play some clips of this experiment I did last week. So let's get into it. We have this free trial coaching method. And the example I'm going to use is a productivity business. I'll use this example because that's that's what I uh, did in, in my previous business and also in this experiment last week because productivity, like personal productivity, getting stuff done is one of my personal interests and something I've, I've studied and worked on a lot. And now let me give you kind of a vision of what the end goal here would be of this business, right? Let's say I want to start a business around productivity and the end goal is that I have a business that 
that is somewhat passive income-ish, meaning that I don't directly exchange my time for money. So I'm not a personal productivity coach. Instead, I would have a website that has content on it about how to be more productive and you know, I'd get traffic to this website. I'd have uh, a mailing list of people, a growing mailing list of people interested in this. I would sell a book or maybe several books on this topic. So that would be one part of how I make money in this business. I would certainly have at least one course, an online course, how to get more stuff done type course, right? That would be probably my main money maker. So People sign up for this course, they pay me for it. And of course, it is an online course with videos and stuff. So that again, it's not my time investment directly, like a thousand people can take that course and it doesn't take me more time. And I have a growing audience of people interested in productivity and productivity books and productivity tools and so on. So I'd probably also be able to monetize that with some affiliate offers. Maybe every once in a while I can, you know, link to some interesting tool that has an affiliate program or promote some related stuff on Amazon or something like that and make a bit of money. So that would be the end goal. So can you kind of envision that, right? That would be the end goal of the business is this business about productivity, the centered around a website on how to become more productive with various products and offers and so on that make money. So how do we start? Here's how we apply the customer first principle to this business. I start by offering a free trial of productivity coaching. So I basically make an offer saying, get on a phone call with me or get on a Skype call with me for half an hour. I'm going to figure out how to make you more productive. I'm going to give you the insider tips that will help you become more productive and it's free. So first session is free. Now I did this, like I said, I did this last week as an experiment. What I did is I set up a simple landing page, just a very, very simple landing page. And in the show notes, I'll add an image of that. So you can see what that looked like. I made that landing page about 10 minutes. So it's just a landing page advertising this offer saying, do you want to get super productive? Some bullet points, click here to schedule a call with me. Very simple. It took me about 10 minutes to make this landing page. So there's two caveats there. First of all, I have a lot of practice making landing pages. So if you're new to that, it might take you a bit longer just to write the copy and so on. And secondly, I did use uh, Thrive landing pages. So our own landing page building plugin from Thrive Themes. That makes a big difference. Uh, if you try to make a landing page, you know, the, the landing page is super simple. There's, there's almost nothing there except text and a button. But um, yeah, if you try to make something like that using just WordPress or basically if you don't have some kind of a visual editor, that's again going to cost you more time. But I think even for a beginner, it should be possible to, to build a landing page like that. I don't know, in an hour or so, I don't know what, what you think on it. Is that, like, how long would it take someone, like a beginner, to make a landing page like that? Well, if you start from a template and you know what you're offering, I would say, yeah, less than an hour should be completely possible. Right. So, and I think that's that's also important, you know, because you don't, you're not trying to make like an amazing page here. Uh, it's like I said, you can go to the show notes and check that out. It's really, really simple. And it should be, I think you don't want to have like, yeah, you don't want to go too far here. I think there's one thing that's very interesting on that landing page, because even though it's super simple, people might notice that as soon as they read it in their head, they are saying, yes, I want to do this. And I think that's probably more important than the whole difficulty about like images or colors or whatever, right? It's like you want people to sign up for your free offer. So you want them to say yes to your free offer. 
And I think that's something that this page is doing really, really well. Yeah, which is also a good point. Uh, you mentioned images and graphics and stuff of which I used none. I literally have a white page with text on it as my landing page. And yeah, I, I made an offer that I, I mean, that's a good point. I hopefully people read that and go, yes, I want. So then there's a button on the landing page that says, click here to schedule a call with me. And that button simply links to Calendly. Now, I'll also link to a post about Calendly. It's a scheduling app that we use. It's a very nice, you know, it's very simple. Basically, people click on that button they see a list of available times in their time zone of when they can schedule a call with me. They select one, they enter their Skype ID, and uh, then it can, they can automatically enter that into their calendar. And it's just a really easy way for people to schedule these calls. So that's Calendly, the tool that I used for that. And then I used Skype and a Skype recording app. And I will also link to the, the app I used to record the Skype calls in the show notes. So you want to record your calls because that's going to be inf uh, important and useful information. Your actual coaching calls, you probably want to refer back to those. All right. So those are basically, that's what I used to set up this, this free trial productivity coaching. Now you want to get some people to sign up to this. What I did is I was very, very, very lazy about this. I simply asked someone I know who works with entrepreneurs, you know, someone who's fairly well connected. And I told him, listen, I know that a lot of entrepreneurs struggle with productivity. You know, as soon as, as soon as you're your own boss, it becomes really important that, you, that you're productive. And a lot of people struggle with that. So I told him, listen, you think some people are interested in this? I only want like two or three people. So if you know some people, just send them to this page. And, and he said, sure. And next day, pretty much I had, I had two people sign up for this call. Now, important, right? I don't actually want to build this business. So I wasn't trying to get 20 people onto this call and I didn't do anything other than, than ask this, this friend of mine to get people to sign up for this because I don't actually want to be doing 20 coaching calls and I don't actually want to build this business. This was just an experiment, but still, this is one valid way in which you can get your first coaching clients like this is you can ask people to, uh, you know, you can ask people who are well connected, you can ask your friends to refer their friends and so on. You can simply put the offer out there in your existing social circles. That's one way to get people there. We'll talk a bit more about how to get more people a bit later on. For now, I just want to continue with this method. So I got two people to sign up for this. And I got on these calls with them. And I did like 30 to 40 minute long coaching sessions with each of them. Now, here's a really important part. Coaching someone about anything, in my case about productivity, but about anything, is a lot about asking questions anyway, right? If you want to be able to effectively coach someone, effectively help someone, then you need to really find out who they are. You need to find out exactly who you're talking to. You need to find out exactly what their problem is, what exactly they're struggling with, and what they want to accomplish before you can really help them effectively. And this kind of insight that you that you have to gain about a coachee is also valuable market research. So really at the same time you're doing market research, that's going to be extremely valuable for every further step in this business. Now, what I did specifically is I wanted to identify the number one thing that my coachee could implement right now, like right after the call to become more productive. So this is 
something that is kind of a principle we use in many areas of the business or internally in our teams. We call this the greatest leverage point. You try to find the greatest leverage point. So the difference here is, or, or what we're not doing is, I don't want to give someone 15 tips to be more productive and then they go and do nothing because everybody can do dozens of things to be more productive. But I want to find out the greatest leverage point out of all the possible things you can be doing to become more productive. What is the one thing that will have the greatest impact right away? That's my goal on this coaching call. So I give them that one piece of advice, explain what they should do, why they should do it. And then I schedule a follow-up call with them a week later. During the coaching calls I had, I asked questions like, on average, how much time do you spend working every day? And how fixed are your daily rituals? And if you start working, how long do you typically work before you get distracted? And from my coachees, I learned that they struggled with problems like my biggest bottleneck is that I get too overwhelmed with working for, for clients that I am right now. And I'm not putting time because I don't have time or because I'm juggling other priorities, whatever the reasons are. Uh, I'm not, I'm not prioritizing something of my own, um, my own, like my own offering essentially. Uh, it happens usually when I come across something that I'm learning new, which happens, um, often but less often now that I'm becoming more experienced with it it's estimating oh I'm going to dedicate 10 hours to this this week but as I'm doing it it's it's um this one thing wasn't successful and so I feel that I have to spend more time on it until it is successful and then the 10 hour commitment turned into 15 hours and then mm -hmm. that just has a trickle down effect to all the other things that I work on and basically uh, putting uh, your uh, forming building however you want to call it a team mm -hmm. uh, as a higher priority than actually solving uh, smaller fires and i'm doing the digital nomad kind of thing so i'm constantly traveling as well i kind of do the slow travel though at least uh, one place uh, one month but mm -hmm. try to be do it a little bit longer otherwise i won't get into any rhythm and that's, that really hurts my productivity so I tell them, I want you to apply this thing, this one strategy I've given you, and I want to follow up with you next week. And I want you to tell me, you know, how did it work? If it failed, if it broke down somewhere, why did it break down? What was the difficulty? What was the resistance? So I want them to treat it as an experiment as well. I'm not just saying, oh, this is the fix. There you go. I'm saying, this is the strategy I want you to experiment with. And I want you to find out where this breaks down if it breaks down. That's what I specifically did with my coaches. We can take a step back from that and we can say, okay, you can apply the same thing. So whatever your end goal of a business is, you are helping people get a result and you can apply the same thing, right? You can do coaching to help people get this result and you can apply this in a, in a short coaching session. You can do exactly that. You can try to identify the greatest leverage point for whatever it is that you're helping these people with, for whatever it is that you're trying to help them accomplish and try to give them this one thing to do and schedule a follow-up call. I think one thing that's very important here, Shane, is that actually when you say you want them to get like results and whatever, like this is not 
a pitching fest, right? Yeah. This is not like half an hour trying to get them with fluff into paying you for your services or paying you for more coaching. This is actually really providing value and proving that you can that you can deliver on your promise, right? So that people, exactly, like, they, yes. they actually already experience a little bit how it would be to work with you. Because I think that's yeah, a, absolutely yeah. I, I think that's something that's so important to keep in mind that this is not something where you just try to uh, convince to buy your carpet for thirty minutes, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. That, that's that's really important. So I didn't do any selling uh, on this call. What I want to do is I want I basically want to demonstrate two things. I want to demonstrate that by talking to me and by getting my coaching, that they can arrive at something that they that it wouldn't have done by themselves. Because again, if I just said, okay, here are 15 things you can do to become more productive, then even if those are 15 really useful things, that leaves you feeling like, well, I could have Googled how to become more productive and I could have learned the same thing, right? Because any day I can read an article about how to become more productive that isn't tailored to me, I can read the 15 tips and then do none of them and just go back to what my life was like before, right? And most people I talk to, or basically everyone, everyone I talk to about productivity has done exactly that many times over. So I want to demonstrate to them that by talking to me and through my coaching, through the questions I ask, and with this method of finding the greatest leverage point, they're getting something that they cannot get by Googling. And the second thing is I want them to have the experience of holy crap, this works, right? <laughs> I want them to, the week following my call, I want them to have the experience like, oh my God, I've never gotten so much stuff done. And then I start selling. So now we're like really talking about coaching and about where then also the service would be coaching, right? Mm -hmm. But this same method can actually apply if you change it a little bit, where um, it would be more if you're a consultant. So for example, if you have SEO services or uh, that type of stuff, we are not really coaching people on something in their life. Mm -hmm. But in a free session, you could still tell people what the biggest leverage point would be for their website. Yeah. So again, it wouldn't be like, oh, how to rank in Google. It would be something very specific that make them notice that you actually took the time to look at their website, to look at their specific business and that you know what you're talking about. Yeah. And then when they see that you actually know what you're talking about and if they implement that one thing and they can, maybe it's a bit more difficult with SEO to see results in one week, but still, if they can feel that, that you know your business, then this will also help you to sell your, your consultancy services afterwards, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and that would also be, you know, an example where definitely in the first session, you want to really provide value and you basically want to impress your, your future clients, right? So, you know, you'd, you'd be sharing your screen, you pull up their analytics and you, you build a custom report in front of their eyes that they've never seen before. And you're like, look here, I've identified the thing that you have to do next using data and science. Exactly. <laughs> and they're like, oh my God, I can't do that. And I can't just Google that either. So it's, yeah, it's the same kind of principle that I think it's a great example. And if you, um, yeah, if you think about whatever your business is, you can apply the same principle to really almost anything, because whatever you end up selling, you are always selling a result, right? You're helping people get a result that they want. And you can turn that into some kind of coaching or consultancy to apply this method.
And as long as you make sure that it's very personal to the person that you're actually having the one-on-one -on -one call with, so that they feel that it's not like the same thing you're telling everybody, I think that's like the key to make it work. Now on this follow-up call that I have a week later with my coachees, this is where, again, I, I want to find out, you know, what was it like for them? And I want to find out what kind of resistance they had. One of the one of the interesting things about giving advice is there's always this difference between theory and practice, right? So someone may want to implement the advice you gave them, but there's just like psychological resistance or laziness or something that makes them not do it. And I want to find out about that. And again, this, first of all, helps me give my coaches some more advice about what to do next. And it also doubles as market research again, right? So again, I'm getting ideas of that I eventually, when I start creating information products and writing books and so on, this kind of insight of what happens when I give someone this piece of advice here, what actually happens in their lives and how do I maybe have to modify the advice I give to make it more practical and to make, uh, to make it more implementable. This kind of stuff will make a product, an information product or book so much better. So that's what I'm trying to do. I'm also giving some, some further advice based on what they tell me. And then I make an offer and I make a very simple offer. I, I simply go, okay, so we've had, you know, one coaching session and the follow-up. Here's what I can offer you. If you're interested to keep working with me, because I see there's, there's way more potential for you to become much, much more productive than you are now. Um, what I can offer you is we can do one session like this, one hour a week, roughly one hour, right? can be a bit longer. I'm not a stickler for that. Roughly one hour, once every week. We'll always follow up. I'll hold you accountable and I'll tell you what to do next. I'll always find your next greatest leverage point and it's going to cost you $50 per session. That's the offer I can make right now. And if you're interested, then I'll send you, you know, the PayPal link or whatever it is to, to sign up for this. And here's what happened. So as it turned out, my coachee already had, already was working with a coach um, and he didn't want to take on, you know, another kind of uh, commitment to another coach, which I think is a reasonable decision. But here's what he had to say about my offer. So right here, I wanted to play you a clip from this follow-up call that I had with one of the coaches, so that you could hear how I made the pitch and what reply I got. I was really proud of having done this call and having gotten such a good piece of audio for you, but of course, the recording failed, and I don't actually have that audio file, as it turned out. But it's pretty simple. Here's, here's what happened. The pitch I made was simply, at the end of the follow-up call, I said something like, all right, I hope this was useful for you. What would you feel like if I told you we could keep doing this on a weekly basis and I would simply charge you $50 per hour and I would hold you accountable. I would give you new tasks, new objectives and challenges every week. I would hold you accountable, follow up with you just like we've done in the two calls we've had. $50 an hour to keep going. That's all I did. My pitch was, was literally, you know, I didn't like do a long winded thing. I didn't have, you know, a long list of benefits or whatever that I rattled on about. I simply said, would you be willing to continue this? And here's a price. And the price I basically grabbed out of thin air. And the answer I got was that, well, he was already working with a coach. And he told me that he, he wouldn't want to be, you know, working with two coaches at the same time. 
being like torn between two masters kind of thing, which I totally understand. But he also said that, yeah, if he wasn't already working with a coach, that that would be totally something he would agree to. And basically the fact that he's already working with a coach with someone else, and he kind of just wanted to get another perspective from the cause with me, shows that what I was offering is a sellable product, right? It, he was already a customer of what I was offering. It's just that, you know, the competition got there first. And this is really all I was looking for anyway. Of course, you're not gonna close every single coachee you have, but this is already validation. Someone telling you that, yeah, the offer you just made me is reasonable. And you know, maybe whatever, I'm too busy right now. I don't have enough money, something like that. That's fine, right? You're not gonna close everyone. But I think the fear we often have is that the coachee will go, oh my God, no, are you, you know, that's ridiculous. I would never pay this or something like that. That's kind of the fear we have. And if you do these calls and you, you get these positive signals back, even if you don't close everyone, that helps get over that fear. And of course, if you don't close anyone, that shows you that maybe you have to adjust your offer. And if you do close a few people, that is validation. And so there you go. The result of this is that this is how you could potentially close your first client. Now, obviously not every not everyone is gonna, you know, not everyone who does the free trial coaching is gonna say yes to this, but you'll you have some kind of a conversion rate, maybe one in two, one in three or so will say yes to this kind of offer. And that's how you get your first clients. I've done this also in, in my business. And um, I was doing this free coaching calls and actually I had a really big trouble with making the offer at the end. So I was always afraid to sell. I wasn't sure how to do the transition and I thought that people wouldn't be interested. And, and the thing is, I had people actually asking me how they could continue working with me. So when somebody um, actually signs up for a free coaching call and they are happy about how it's going, they are actually expecting an offer and they are hoping that they will be able to continue to work with you. And so that's for me that that was a switch that I needed to make where it was like the third time that somebody was like, oh, but how, like, how can you help me or how, how can we do this? That was like, okay, I really have to start making an offer at the end of these coaching calls <laughs> because now I'm just, yeah, I'm spending this 30 minutes. I'm giving value. Everybody's happy, but I'm not having my, my clients. Right. <laughs> and going from, from this, well, we've just spent 30 minutes or one hour together to uh, this is how you can continue working with me. I think it's, it's a good thing to actually like really prepare for this and do it in front of the mirror or in front of a friend or um, so that it sounds supernatural, right? Where you don't have to be afraid to make that offer. Yeah. And I think also it's, it's an important point to make. So it's quite natural to feel resistance towards selling. And basically, very few people feel comfortable selling, if, especially if they haven't done it before. But it's important that you don't let this devolve into just free coaching. You don't want to end up with just a whole bunch of free coaching that you're doing and, you know, telling yourself, oh, but it's, you know, it's good for market research or something. It's like, no, 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 no. You want to you want to actually get customers. It's very important. And one of the reasons it's important is because if you want to eventually make products that people pay you for, you need that interaction with people who pay you. 
the needs of paying customers are different from free customers or whatever we call them, free leads. And also the way paying customers respond to things like your coaching input is different from the way free leads respond because they're not committed, right? Mm -hmm. They don't take it very seriously. So if you want to be able to build a product for people who pay you money, you have to work with people who pay you money. Yeah. The commitment thing is, I think, very important, <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, I think um, if that's that's something you should plan for, I, I uh, like Hannah said, you should you should plan for this. And I think it helps to just have a script, just have a simple script where you remind yourself, you know, make a sticky on your a, a post-it note on your screen. It's like, don't forget this. And even if it's just like two sentences of how you're going to present this offer. Um, and and yeah, I think you'll find that most people are, are very receptive to it if, you, if you've done a good job of, of coaching them. So by doing these free coaching sessions, this free trial coaching and closing at the end of the follow-up call, like I said, you, you'll get some kind of a conversion rate, right? And my goal here would be to get about 10 clients. And I think this can, you know, very, let's do very rough back of the napkin kind of math. I think in, in one week of hustling, I could get about 10 paying clients. So very rough math. If we take 10 clients, each client four sessions a week, $50 per session, that gives me about $2,000 a month. And I'm saying about because, well, they won't all stay, right? So some of them will drop out. Some of them, um, I might offer them like referral discounts or something where I say, hey, oh, refer a friend and I'll, I'll give it to you cheaper. Um, and yeah, some of them, or maybe some of them will negotiate and will negotiate a lower price or something like that. Some of them might do a session every other week. In any case, if I get 10 clients, and then some of them drop off after a few weeks, I will still be earning something over $1,000 a month. And that's a pretty good start. So first of all, I can, you know, I can go to Thailand or somewhere and live on that if I already want to live on this, but I could do this next to my job and I'm already earning income while I'm working with these people, which is fueling all of my ideas for what kind of content to create, what kind of opt-in offers to create, what kind of books to write, what kind of courses to, to create and so on. So that is basically my free trial coaching strategy. This is how you then start scaling it up to reach more people. And let's talk about that next. Like how, how do we reach more people? How do we get more people into this system? So one of the ways to get more people is to talk to more people, right? But if you're having like one-on-one -on -one coaching calls, it takes half an hour per one-on-one -on -one coaching call, it might be difficult. And so when I, when I started out uh, in my business, I actually decided to do a one-to-many. So instead of doing one-on-one -on -one coaching calls, I decided to do a real event where I actually got a group of people together so that during the two hours that I would talk, I could actually talk to 20, 30 people rather than talking to one or two people at the same time. And this was actually one of the things that brought in the most leads and the most sales in the least amount of time. So I would like to go over it very quickly, how, how I set this up, because it's not very difficult if you keep it simple. I think that will be like the, the red line through the discussion. It's like with the free coaching calls, keep it simple, keep the landing page simple. And with this type of physical events, you can also keep it very simple. 
So what I did was I identified the target market with whom I wanted to work and I was offering um, online communication techniques, strategies for coaches, so for coaches and consultants. And my event that I wanted to give, the talk that I decided to give was how to communicate online to get more coaching clients so that the people who would come to that event were actually people that I really wanted to work with. And then I advertised that free event just about everywhere I could think of. So it was on my personal Facebook. I talked to friends about it. Uh, I asked them to share it. I also contacted like groups of, of coaches and consultants and I asked if they wanted to talk about it. And the biggest advantage of doing a free talk like this, that that's actually like very, again, very valuable for the people who want to, who are interested in this topic, is that people are okay with sharing it and are okay with uh, talking about it in their community and, and so on. So to sign up for this event, I didn't even make a landing page at the time. I didn't set up uh, with events or whatever. I just told them to send me their email address and their name. So I had like an Excel spreadsheet and I was just like writing down first name and email address. Because at the time that I started promoting the event, I actually didn't even have the venue yet. Like I didn't know where I was going to give that event. So I just decided to take the email address and to promise them to, to mail out with the address uh, a few days before. This is great. Can I just, like, this is great because I really love this. And I, this is an attitude that I think is, is really valuable. And a lot of entrepreneurs could benefit from having more of this attitude because we can get bogged down in the, in the tools and tech and details, right? Where you're like, okay, I want to do a live event. So I need a live event scheduling app and I need the venue and I need the landing page and I need, and you're like three months in before you've told anyone about your live event, right? <laughs> And I think it's it's really important to remind yourself that you can often just do it. You can just ghetto it, right? You can just <laughs> ghetto it and it's going to be fine. Yeah. And again, like the, the only time that I spent between deciding that I was going to do this event and actually like starting to hustle to get people to sign up. So send me their email for this event was I wrote down the bullet points of what I was going to teach people. So what were they going to learn when they came to this event? And that goes back to the most important thing on the landing page, right? It's like, okay, they just have to read this text and say yes, and then send over their email. So I think like I started advertising this about three weeks in advance because while most people, their agenda, they don't know too far in advance. So, and um, instead of thinking about like, uh, renting a nice venue or um, doing some fancy stuff. I went to a bar and that bar actually had like a room downstairs in the basement. And that room I knew that was available for like private events, like, like such as private drinks. And they also had a video projector. So that was what I actually needed to, to give my event. So I asked them if uh, I could use that room to, to host my event. And I told them that was going to be on a Tuesday because like Tuesdays are a time when a bar isn't very busy and that I would have like around 20 people showing up. And I promised them that everybody would buy a drink. 
So for them, it was 20 people discovering their bar and having a drink on a day that usually they would have almost nobody in the bar. Nice. So it was a win-win and I could use it for free. (laughs) (laughs) So at that point, I knew the, the, the venue and I knew that I needed about 20 people and I started hustling. And one of the things that, that I did was I also uh, hosted it on free event websites uh, because this event was held in Paris. And so there are a lot of websites like, okay, uh, what, what's going on in Paris and like agendas and that type of stuff. And uh, I'm sure that for just about any city, you can find this type of website that's actually advertising everything that's going on in the city. And I had about 30 people sending me their email address and about 20 people actually showed up because that's also important to keep in mind, like for a free talk like this, like you will always have people saying like that they are going to come, but then at the last moment it's raining and they don't want to go outside or whatever. So you can actually have like more people sign up, but yeah, I managed to get about 20 people together. And I also asked a friend to film the event. Now, again, this was not somebody with video uh, experience or whatever. It was just a friend of mine and uh, she had like a camescope and I, yeah, I asked her to, to come and to film that so that I could then use that content later on on my website. So that would double up as content creation. Now I delivered the talk. So I really prepared um, and I did about two hours of talking so it was a bit of preparation in front and I had the break in between so that everybody could buy their drinks so that the bar would be happy and that they would allow me to come back later and at the end of the talk there were two things that I did so the first one was I made an offer so I told people that if they wanted to continue working with me they could sign up for this workshop and I also did a survey at the end of the presentation. So I actually asked everybody who came, I printed out a survey that I made beforehand and I asked them to fill out and to tell me like what they found interesting, uh, what they didn't like that much about the talk. And I also asked them if they wanted to keep on getting information from me and so they could leave me their email address. About 18 people out of the 20 gave me their email address. So for a business just starting out, getting 18 leads of very targeted people that were actually already interested in the topic, that was already very good. I thought that was a good result. Plus, these people have a personal relationship with you almost at that point, right? They've seen you in person. That's quite different than just signing up in an opt-in form on a website. Yeah, and they they talk to me uh, over the break because that was also one of the reasons to have that break later. And they stayed after the event to ask me their questions. And yeah, those those people actually became like my my fans, right? (laughs) Where because they have that personal connection to you. And out of those 20 people, actually three of them signed up for a paid workshop immediately. So that was like a a very good conversion rate for me for a free event, getting 18 leads of very targeted, interested people, plus signing three new clients and having the survey results to get information and also to get testimonials. So I think overall, this was a very nice way to get a lot of results in just one evening. Yeah, that's that's badass. And I think that's 
yeah, that's that's a great way to scale it up, right? Instead of doing, like you said, instead of doing 20 calls, you had 20 people in a room. I think it's also really good to give a talk like that. It just instantly makes you an expert. Right? If you're the one standing in front of a group of people, you're instantly the expert. So I think that's also a benefit you get from doing this. And that's one of the reasons why I asked somebody to film and to take pictures. Because then, like you said, it, it just gives like this this expert st status. So if then you post that video or a clip of that video on your Facebook and a picture of you in front of people talking on your Facebook, like it immediately shows that you're, you know what you're talking about, right? Yeah, that's, that's good stuff. And I want to show that this is like, this is really not only working with marketing stuff. Like I happen to talk about how to get more clients online, but I have the example of a friend of mine who's a sports coach and she's actually specialized in helping women to move during and after their pregnancy. So she has a very specific target audience, right? And she used the same technique. She went even um, like even further than I did because she organized a full day of a free event uh, around well-being uh, for parents. So for uh pregnant women for but also for the dad and uh, this was also again like a, a free event but she got a lot of benefits out of organizing that event so it took a lot more time because she had different speakers and so on but she got the local press to talk about her to talk about her business um, she got to connect with those experts that she asked to talk on her event and she became an industry expert simply by organizing this event. Yeah, that's that's brilliant. Yeah, because it's one of those things that most people don't do it because it's a lot of effort. Exactly. <laughs> and also, I think it's another thing that a lot of people would maybe think that, well, you know, that works for productivity coaching and for whatever, you know, whatever the three examples that you named, it works for those, but for nothing else, right? It doesn't work for my business, basically. Um, and I think th this is a great example because it's not the first thing that comes to mind for this type of business. Oh, I could do an event and establish myself as an expert and so on. But it, it works. You can make this kind of thing work. And in fact, if, you, if you're right now listening to this thinking, this doesn't work for my niche, that's a strong sign that probably it would work extremely well for your niche because all your comp competitors are thinking that as well. So you can really set yourself apart by doing something like this. All right, to close off, let's talk about some more examples of how to get more people into this funnel. So whether you're doing the, the free trial coaching or a live event, we've talked about some of the ways we've gotten more people into this funnel, right? To get uh, these coaches or the attendees. Let's talk about a couple more things you can do. So we've already mentioned, basically talk to your connections, ask your friends and family, things like that. You should definitely use your own social network to spread the word. Now with the coaching, what you can also do is you can ask your coaches for referrals. So when you've gotten a few coaches and you have the follow-up call with them and you make your offer, um, you can talk to them about this and you can say, okay, to follow my example, right? you say, okay, it's, it's going to be $50 a session, but here's, here's the deal. If you have a friend who you think could benefit from this, refer that friend to me. If they sign up, I'm going to, you know, give it to you for half price, let's say. So first of all, 
You should ask your coaches to refer other people to you either way. You should do that anyway. But offering some incentive could just make them work a bit harder to send people your way. But even if you even if they even if you um if you don't close them, right? Even if they don't sign up, you can still ask them, hey, if you know someone who you think could benefit from this, send them my way. Um, so you should do that anyway. Then another thing, what I did back in the day a few years ago when I did this for one of my products is I looked through forums, through online forums, and I posted in the forums and I contacted people on the forums who I could see were talking about the kinds of problems that I could help them solve. Now, I think forums are a bit old school. People don't really do that anymore. But what you can do is you can go to Quora, for example. Quora is great. People ask questions, right? And you can find people who are asking very specifically the kinds of questions that you can help answer. And what you can do is, first of all, when you're looking at a question on Quora, you can go to the URL of that question and add to the end of the URL forward slash log, L-O-G. And that will give you a change log of everything that happened on that question. You scroll all the way to the bottom and you'll see who asked the question. So then you can go to that person's profile and you might see their Facebook or their Twitter or something. So you can actually send them a message and say, hey, listen, uh, I can help you with this. And another thing you can do is you can answer, you you can create answers um, to questions on Quora. You get a decent amount of exposure on Quora these days. So people will see that, that answer you wrote and you can put a link in your bio Maybe you can also drop a cheeky link in the answer. If the thing you can link to is, is you know, relevant enough, you can link directly in an answer and that will also uh, help you get leads. Yeah. I think you talked about forums that are not like not that used anymore. One of the ways that you can easily contact people now is through Facebook groups, right? And for me, there are like two big ways that you can use Facebook groups. The first one being you're part of a group. And if somebody asks questions around your topic, you're always the first one to answer. And this will, again, this will help you establish your authority. And you will, at one point, people will actually like tag you in the question about that specific topic. And then people will seek you out. Uh, Make sure that in your profile, you have your website linked, of course. And um, another way that you can use Facebook groups, and that kind of goes together with these questions, but that you can even do without answering questions that much, is that once you're part of a group, you can actually see other people in that group and you can message them. And of course, like you shouldn't spam people and you shouldn't just like, hey, here's my free coaching call because nobody likes to get that type of messages. But you can send a message and saying like, hey, we're both part of this entrepreneur group. Um, What's your business about? And then if people answer, they will probably ask you the same question like, oh, and what are you doing? Which then gives you an opportunity to talk about, right? (laughs) Sneaky. (laughs) And actually it works very well. (laughs) No, that's brilliant. I would have totally fallen for that. I would have. I'm totally fallen for that. I think that's great. And it actually, it works on LinkedIn the same way because on LinkedIn, you need to be, uh, you need to have a certain connection with the person in order to be able to contact them. Uh, and if you're in the same group, that's actually enough of a connection for LinkedIn to be able to send them a message. 
And at one point I was really doing this very, um, very systematically where just every morning I would send five Facebook messages and five LinkedIn messages. And that was the way that I got the 30 minute coaching calls. Cool. All right. So there you go. We've got a bunch more ways in which you can get your first leads and turn them into your first clients. And this is what you should be doing instead of trying to get more traffic. Now, in the next episode, we will talk more about the next step. So if you follow this system, you get your first clients. How do you go from here to that kind of information product empire that I described at the beginning, right? Where you have much more passive income. You don't have to do these calls and presentations and so on yourself. Uh, and you have like a website that's actually a revenue engine for you. And it's no longer a one-on-one -on -one uh, exchange of time for money. How do you get from something like this to that end goal? That's what the next episode is going to be about. Thank you very much for spending your time listening to us. And we hope you'll tune in for the next episode. All right. And there we've got it. So you've got a whole series of strategies, a whole series of steps you can use to get your first customer, to get your leads before you ever need to worry about traffic. Now, as I mentioned at the beginning, you can go to activegrowth.com forward slash two to get the show notes, which include all the links. It includes a checklist you can download. You can sign up to download that, which you can use as a reference guide for how to follow this strategy for your own business. It also includes links to the app that we use to schedule these calls, links to the app that we use for recording Skype calls and much more. We are also very curious to hear what your thoughts are on this approach. And you can also go to activegrowth.com forward slash two. It's the same link to leave a comment. So let us know, is this practical for your business or do you have some objections? Do you, do you, you know, are you listening to this and you're thinking, hmm, I don't really see, you know, I can see how it works for your example, but I can't see how this would work for my own business. If you have something like that on your mind, hop on over to that page and leave us a comment. You know, tell us what questions you have. Tell us where you maybe are confused about it or where you don't see how this could work for you. And we'd love to hear this from you. And we'll also try to reply to all of the comments we get with, you know, whatever helpful advice we can hopefully give you. So all of that is at activegrowth.com forward slash two. The next episode in our podcast is still going to be in the Forget Traffic series. So we're going to continue talking about this topic. And what we're going to look at next is how to take the next steps. So we've talked about how you can get your first leads and your first customers. But a lot of the things we talk about here aren't very scalable. And so the question is, how do you go from here, from this way to start, to actually building and having this kind of information product empire? How do you go from doing this hustle, being in the thick of it, doing these one-on-one -on -one calls and so on, to having this website that where you sell multiple courses, where you have your automatic follow-up sequences and funnels and where you, this whole business is running in a much more automated fashion, which of course is the goal. The goal isn't that you do coaching calls forever. So that's what we're going to be focusing on in the next episode is how to bridge the gap. When you start like this, it gives you a great running start, but what are the next step for scaling up your business? That's what we'll discover in the next episode of the Active Growth Podcast.